Hello, and welcome to the In the Word podcast. This is the podcast that will help you to understand God's Word, build a stronger relationship with God, and develop habits that will help you love God and others better. And now, here's your host, Trevor Pope. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I pray that all of you guys are doing well. Listen, it's been truly a blessing. Uh, Just doing this podcast has been truly a blessing. All of the encouragement that I've gotten from you guys since I started, um, the prayers, uh, the comments, just everything is really has been truly a blessing. And I just want to say thank you guys and that I truly do appreciate it. Listen, I've been hearing a lot of talk uh, maybe over the last month. It could have been the last month or so. Um, well, actually, it's, it's going a few months back about um, all of the talk about Hillsong. But, you know, uh, I saw people talking about they came out with a docuseries. And just for the record, didn't know a whole lot about Hillsong Church or either about Hillsong Music. I did know some of the songs. I had heard some of the songs, liked some of the songs, um, but wasn't like a follower of Hillsong and their music. So, I mean, from what I understand, there's tons of songs and music out there. Wasn't a follower of the church. I didn't even realize that they had one here in Connecticut. I'm here in Connecticut and they, uh, I don't know if it's still there, but I did see where they had a Hillsong Connecticut in Norwalk, Connecticut. So I didn't even realize that, you know, they were all over the world like they are or all over the United States anyway, um, because I know they, they, they based out of Australia and, um, yeah. So I just heard, you know, all of this talk, you know, videos kept popping up, uh, thumbnails, you know, people having discussions. And I said, man, you know, let me check, check out this docuseries. Now, mind you, I had run across a, a little bit about, um, what was going on with Hillsong, um, through a YouTube video. I ran into the thumbnail and it was talking about Brian Houston and I guess what was going on with his father, uh, the, the stuff that his father was implicated in, you know, the molesting of children and, you know, how Brian Houston was accused of hiding it and all these things. So but that was like based out of Australia. That wasn't even like a document uh, documentary that was here. I don't even know how I ran across it. Maybe it was the Lord, but, I, you know, I watched it and it was, you know, it was definitely disturbing to see, you know, anytime, you know, you have. Uh, situations involving kids, the, mol- the molestation of kids. And, you know, they had one of the, the guys that he was a kid back then. He's a grown man now and just kind of sharing his story. And then, you know, I guess they started finding out about other people. But anyway, it was definitely unfortunate to see. So this was my second time kind of seeing a documentary dealing with Hillsong. But like I said, that last one was more about a little about Brian Houston, but more about his father. But, you know, watching this docuseries, I just wanted to kind of touch on it a little bit because some of the things that they talked about and that I saw in the documentary are some things that I've talked about in the past and understand I I have no personal problems with the, with these individuals, anybody that's tied to Hillsong or part of Hillsong definitely pray that, you know, all works out well and that everybody that needs to repent, go before the Lord, they do so and get things right before the Lord. But, I just wanted to touch on some of the things that were said and talked about. I mean, you know, they, they went in on Brian Houston, you know, obviously being the founder um, and, and, you know, having this vision of Hillsong being everywhere. You know, they talked about Carl Lentz, you know, um, 
for some of us, you know, we know what happened with him and a young lady, I guess, that he had the uh, affair with when COVID was going on. So, you know, they touched on that. They touched on the music part of it, which we might not be able to get in on this podcast episode, but we will do a part two because I do want to talk a little bit about some of the things that they said about the music and how music is used in ministry to kind of manipulate people, you know, or make people feel a certain way or attach themselves a certain way, you know, things of that nature. But a couple of things I wanted to talk about. One thing that I wanted to talk about that I saw um, mentioned in the documentary and was testified by a couple people. And this is, this is nothing new in the church. This is nothing strange to the church or, or the church world. Um, and it, and it's being used in ministry and what, and we're not talking about being used necessarily in a positive way, but being used in a way where, um, you know, you, you think you're, you're doing the work of God. That's where your heart is. That's, that's what you want to be doing. That's what you're striving to do. But unfortunately the people that you may be doing it for, you know, they may have a different agenda or a different motive. And I think that was so unfortunate to see not, and it wasn't shocking. Like I said, you see this in small churches, large churches, um, because when people come to come to the Lord or they come to the church, you know, they, they're, they're looking to help out. They, they want to be a part of what God is doing. And sometimes they can't discern when people are taking advantage of them. But I had talked on Monday uh, last week about uh, this scripture right here. And I just wanted to mention it, Galatians 6 and 10. I mean, m- many of you probably know Galatians 6 and 9, grow not weary and well-doing for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. But let Galatians 6 and 10, which you don't hear many people quote, it says, as we there, excuse me, as we have therefore opportunity. This is Paul talking. Listen to what he says. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. Makes sense, right? We should, you know, especially being saved. We love the Lord, followers of Christ. We should be doing good unto all men. That's like a given. But he goes on to say a little bit more. Let's go back to the beginning of that that verse again. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the house hold of faith. So he says, especially that word, especially there means specifically above all in particular, mainly primarily. So he says, he says, listen, he says, let us do good unto all men, mainly or primarily unto them who are of the house hold of faith. Why? Because these are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And he's not saying here in the scripture that you know, the people that are in the world are, aren't important and that we shouldn't be doing for them. But those that are part of the body of Christ, those that are family, those that are on their way to live eternally with Christ, he says, listen, we must do good unto them always and especially to them above anything else, above anybody else. And that may sound a little selfish, but what he's saying is, listen, this is family. This is God's family. And we know that, yes, we help out those that are in the world, those that don't have any love for Christ, that may talk down to Christ. We we still may be a blessing to them, but they are not family. They are not a part of the body of Christ. So he's not saying this in a negative in, in a negative way because he's saying, Let, listen, we're going to still do do good unto all men, but mainly unto them who are the household of faith. And 
I mentioned that because what we see sometimes in the body of Christ or what we see in the church, and, and, I, and I'm not going to say in every church because I don't believe it's in every church. I don't know what the percentages are, if it's only a small amount of churches doing the right thing or, or half. I, I don't know. But what we see happen a lot of times is people are being taken for granted. And why? Because they want to serve the Lord. And they want to do the right thing. And that's what we kind of seen or heard from some of these individuals in the documentary. They like, listen, we love the Lord. Um, we, we came here. We were embraced. Um, you know, the love felt genuine, you know, so we wanted to reciprocate that love. We wanted to pay that love back. And, and, and also we're drawing closer to God. So, you know, we believe that this is what God want us to do. But unfortunately, as time went on and things kept progressing and, you know, they got to the point of where, you know, the veil was taken off their eyes, so to speak, they realized like, wait a minute, you know, I'm here trying to do things in the right motive. And maybe some of them wasn't, let's be fair. Maybe some of them had their own motives, but what we find is that, you know, some of the individuals was being taken for granted. And I've talked about this in the past that you have, you can't be naive. Yes, we want to work hard for the Lord. Yes, we want to do the things of God, you know, but we can't allow people to use different sayings, you know, um, what would Jesus do? Or, you know, don't you want to go to another level? God is trying to bring you to another level. You know, you have, you have all of these sayings, you know, um, that, that is, that are coming from these leaders or, or people that they have in place, you know, and you, you thinking that, listen, yeah, you're right. I, I want to go to up, to another level in God. You know, I want to please God, you know, yeah. What would Jesus do? But unfortunately they have secret motives behind the reasons that they're doing this for you or with you, you know? And what we see is that a lot of times in some of these churches, they're using the people's love of the Lord to do it. You know, like these people love the Lord. They, they like, listen, I'll do anything for Jesus. He's he, he's done so much in my life. He saved me. He's changed my life. You know, I've been delivered from this. I've been delivered from that. And unfortunately, they just continue to take advantage of them. And it was definitely unfortunate to see. Definitely wasn't surprised. Wasn't a shock. Wasn't anything new. But, you know, that that is a very dangerous thing because, you know, you just don't know how it's going to affect each individual. Some people may stay focused. They, they they may be able to go to another ministry and heal and be fine and still help in the ministry, you know, still have that heart to help. But some, it may discourage them. It may cause them to walk away. And the funny thing about it is we've seen a situation in the Bible. Um, you know, it wasn't uh, the disciples using this man, but where you know, church hurt could be there. And, and the Bible doesn't tell us what ended up happening with this guy. I don't know if you guys remember. Remember, there was a guy that was casting out devils and demons in the name of Jesus. And the disciples told the Lord, they told Jesus, listen, there was a guy casting out devils in your name, but we forbid him. We told him to stop because, you know, basically he's not rolling with us. And Jesus had to tell him, listen, those that are for us are not against us. Why would you stop him from doing my work, the work of the Lord? And the Bible never tells us what this young man did. If he went to another, you know, if he went somewhere across town and kept on healing and laying hands, it doesn't give us, you know, uh, uh, the outcome of his situation. And the reason why I say that is because think about it. This is the who's who 
of the quote unquote church. These are those that are walking with Jesus, the one that he's casting out devils uh, um, in his name. So that could be very discouraging. This is Peter, uh, 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 John or whoever said it to him, Matthew, whoever. This could be very discouraging to this young man. And it does not let us know if he kept going hard or if he was discouraged to the point of where he quit and gave up. But these are the types of things that can happen in the church, in the body of Christ, if we are not careful. And one of the scriptures that I mentioned was John chapter 13, uh, verses 34 through 35. Listen to what Jesus said. A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. So he says, listen, the way that I loved you, I want you to love them. And we know that Jesus is not trying to use us just for his, his own benefit and get rid of us and throw us away. No, when God is using us, he's using us for his purpose. And, and, and most of the times, or all of the time when he's using us, that purpose is going to affect somebody else's life is going to to help them to better their lives and to get saved or whatever have you and it's going to keep going and going and going there's no secret motive behind it jesus isn't like yeah i'm gonna get them to help them and then i'm just gonna get rid of them no there's a purpose behind it so he's saying listen love them like i loved you and that's not what we saw in this ministry and 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 what we've seen in many ministries right and once again, it's not personal. It's not a knock on them. It's, it's nothing new. But at the end of the day, sometimes I don't think we realize how much this type of behavior can affect the people. And you know what? It's unfortunate because some of these people at the top in leadership, they have a motive, whether that's money, whether that's power, whether that's control. And even some of the people that they're using that, let's say, are the head of those uh, different uh, ministries within the church, you know, some of them are being used because they don't realize the lingo that's being told to them to, to 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 tell to the other ones that's below them, so to speak, that's working under them. That listen, it's all a game. They they they're just being used, and there's really no purpose behind it. But let's finish out this this uh, scripture. Verse thirty five goes on to say, "By this, listen, to what Jesus says: By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples." If ye have love one to another. So he says, listen, this is how they're going to know that you are truly followers of me. It's going to be by the love that you show one to another. And this and this was something that I explained on last Monday. I said, listen, think about it. If you are around people that are in the world and you're saved, right? And you, you attend the church or maybe you have some saved friends that you're close to. And let's say you're in front of this person that is not saved. They don't know Jesus. They're in the world. And you're just talking crazy, you know, about uh, your friend, your, your brother in Christ. Or you're talking crazy about somebody at church. They're going to look at that and say, listen, I don't want any parts of that. You know, where's the love at? If, they, if they're doing that to their own, imagine what they're going to do to me. They're doing this to somebody that is, is considered to be in the household of faith, that is considered to be a part of the family. So if they did it to them, imagine what they would do to me. And guess what? Believe it or not, people leave out of their church. They talk, you know, about people at their jobs. They'll talk about people to their family members, not realizing that they're doing more damage than they are good. So it definitely was unfortunate to see, you know, what was happening in that area and to hear some of them testify and to see the hurt 
um, um, of some of them. And like I said, prayerfully, they're continuing to go forward in Christ, continuing to go forward in ministry, continuing to help people the same way they were doing then. But hopefully now they are doing it with some type of wisdom. And there was something else, too, that I saw. And like I said, we won't be able to get to the music side, but please join us, you know, on our next podcast episode, because we're going to talk a little bit about that, too, about music manipulation and worship, you know, and all of those types of things. And, you know, what is true worship, you know, all of that. But one last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, man, and I and I've driven this point home so many times in the past. I've I've talked about it a few times. I've took little snippets from those talks and tried to share them with different people because I think that this is something that is very, very serious. And that is idolizing your servants. Now, when some of you hear that, some of you are probably saying, Trevor, don't you mean idolizing your leaders? No idolizing your servants. And this is going to clear it up. Let me read a scripture for you. And this is Paul talking. Second Corinthians four and five. Listen to what he says very closely. This is so beautiful. It is so awesome. He says, for what we preach, listen, listen now what Paul is saying. Second Corinthians four and five, for what we preach is not ourselves. So he says, listen, we're not preaching about ourselves. Now look, we can stop right there. And and if you've and if you've listened to multiple preachers, maybe you just listen to your pastor and he's not, you know, preaching about all, you know, about just himself and this and that. But if you listen to a, a, a good amount of preachers, a lot of times you're going to find some that did talking about themselves more than anything. But listen to what he says for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. Here's the key and ourselves as your servants for Jesus sake. Whoa. Powerful. Powerful. So this is what I mean by we are idolizing our servants. I am one of those servants. And this is not servant in a negative way. Some some preachers might be listening right now like I ain't no servant, but listen, this is just we are servants. We we were put here, we was given as a gift when it talks about what some call the fivefold ministry. He gave some pastors, he gave some teachers. You know, we were given as a gift to serve the people, to help them to get to the place where God wanted them to be. I love Paul for this right here. He says and ourselves as your servants. This is what we preach. We are your servants for Jesus sake. This doesn't mean we're going to allow you to use us or to play us. This doesn't mean you can't be a blessing to um, your pastor or whatever. Have you. It has nothing to do with that, but we should be serving. We should be here helping you to elevate and to go higher, not to fill our pockets, not to fill our head, not to build servants out of you, you know, to the point of where you're just serving us and doing what we want you to do and making life more comfortable for us. No, we are here to help you build up spiritually. We are here to help you to get to the place where God desires you to be. Let's look at the definition of servant. I'm getting excited because I've been talking about this for years, guys, and I see so many people 
fall into this. They hold leadership in a place where they should not be in the place of God. That is dangerous because you can lose your life naturally by doing that. We've seen that in the past. David Koresh, Jim Jones, all of these, these different demonic cults that was built by men. And because people held them in the place of God, they could not see that. Listen, something is not right here, but listen to the definition of servant, a person who waits on another. A person in service of another. Listen to that again. A person who waits on another. Think about what we think of when we hear the word waits or somebody's waiting on you. We think of like a waitress. The definition of wait is to serve. We are here to serve. The definition of service is an act of helpful activity to help to aid. We are here to help you. We are here to aid you in getting to the place where God wants you to be. And if we are talking about ourselves, if we are talking about what we own, if we are talking about what we have and how dope we are and how blessed we are and, you know, how God uses us more than the other, then we are doing you a disservice. If we are not preaching Jesus Christ as Lord, if we are not pointing to him, but we are pointing to ourselves, you are in a dangerous position. You are in a dangerous place. I've seen it over and over again. And that's why I get so compassionate about this. And I've talked about it over and over again. You cannot be idolizing your servants. They, yes, they may be in leadership, but we are here to serve. Jesus came and he served. He, he was the Lord. He was the word that was made flesh and he served. He washed feet. He did all of these things. So why do you think that we should not be here serving? Why do you think that we should be being held in a place of a superstar? We are not superstars. I don't care how anointed you feel we are. I don't care how much we touch your life. Never put us in a place of some type of superstar. We are here to serve. You want to be a blessing? Fine. You want to pray for us? Fine. You want to encourage us? Fine. But once you start putting us in the place of God, you are getting ready to place yourself on the wrong path. And if you keep going down that path, it will destroy you. I'm telling you, I've seen it over and over again. Let's move. Let's continue to go on. Listen to the definition of idolize. Think of very highly to worship, to worship as a God. This is so powerful right here. Listen to this, guys. To regard with blind devotion. The definition of blind, unable to see, sightless, reckless, unreasonable, not controlled by intelligence. Listen to devotion, commitment and loyalty. So when we regard with blind devotion, it's a reckless commitment. It's a reckless loyalty. It's an unreasonable commitment. It's an unreasonable loyalty. It's not controlled by intelligence. And that's when you see people get taken advantage of because they are mesmerized by the glamour and the glitz of the ministry. They're mesmerized by the words of the preacher. They have the eloquent, the eloquent speech. You know, it's like, it's like the words roll off their tongue so beautifully. And now they have these stars in their eyes. It's almost like they're in a trance. And now there's an unreasonable commitment there. There's a there, there there's a reckless commitment there. There's a there's a reckless loyalty there. They are regarding this person or this ministry with blind devotion. 
And it is so important that we do not do that, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, love your pastor. Show them love. I, I, I try my best to honor my pastor and show him love. I don't talk to him as much as I used to. I mean, I've been in the ministry 20 years. There's other people that's been, you know, that are babes in Christ. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the ministers on the leadership. So, you know, I don't have to talk to him all the time. I've been there for a long time, but I try to make sure I always show him the respect, the love, try to be a blessing to him. That's fine. But I can't ever, never hold him in a place of a God. I can't ever hold him in a place of where God forbid and thank God in the 20 years I've been there, the 40 years he's been in ministry, hasn't been in no scandals and none of that stuff. And by the grace of God, that will continue. But God forbid, if that was to happen, I can't have him in a place where if I see something happen with him, now I no longer want Christ. Now I'm ready to walk away from God. No, that's a blind devotion. No, I love my pastor. He's a great man of God. I appreciate him. He's done wonders for me. He's blessed me. He's taught me many, many things, but my devotion to that ministry and to him is not a blind one, but it's one of love. It's of a commitment because I love God and I believe he loves God. I know he loves God, but it's never a blind devotion. You can't ever have somebody in ministry just ask you to do things when, if you know it's not right and it doesn't make sense, you don't do it. If you know it goes against the word, you do not do it. But listen, listen once again what 2 Corinthians 4 and 5 says. He says, for what we preach is not ourselves. I'm getting, I'm excited, guys. I get so passionate about this. This might be one of the only few times you hear me just get, my voice get excited. And because it hurts me to see people being used. Like, I I just, I just don't like it. It's it's just, it's just a, it does something to me, you know? And, And I know that it does something to God. Because that's not what God intended for us. But let's read 2 Corinthians 4 and 5. He says, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus sake. That word sake there means purpose or cause. So he says, we're doing this for Jesus's purpose or cause. Another definition of sake on behalf of, we're doing this on behalf of Jesus. Another definition of sake is for the benefit of, we're doing this for the benefit of Jesus. We're doing this for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are fulfilling his purpose. We are striving to get done what he has placed us here to do because we know if we do that, then everything is going to come together and, and everything is going to be fine. One more scripture I want to read for you guys. If you go back just one chapter, 2 Corinthians 3, 4 and 5, Paul talking again, and I'm, I'm going to close out the podcast here. And like I said, we will have a part two to this because I do want to talk a little bit about the music and, you know, worship music and what is worship. I do want to dig into that as well. But listen, 2 Corinthians 3, verses 4 and 5. And such trust, this is Paul talking, and such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Listen to what he says, guys. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Can I read that again? And I'm going to give you the definitions of those words as I read it. This is beautiful. This is this is like words can't even explain it. He says, and such trust have we through Christ to God word. This is where our trust is. Not that we are sufficient. That word there means adequate for the purpose enough. He says, we're not adequate enough. He says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves. You know, we're not adequate for the purpose enough of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, 
but our sufficiency, that word sufficiency there means our adequacy is of God. The word adequacy is ability. Our ability is of God. It's a part of God. Without him, we can't truly do what it is that we do and be efficient at it. That's what this is about, being efficient in ministry, being efficient in the things of God. But you can only be efficient in it when you understand what Paul is talking about right here. You cannot be efficient in it on your own or of yourself. So that's why he says later on in the next chapter, we don't preach ourselves. We preach Jesus Christ as Lord. This is not about us. We're not adequate for the purpose enough. We where we come from, we just don't got it in us. We're too corrupt. We're too bad. That's why God saved us and he cleaned us up. And that's why he filled his heart with our word, with his word. And that's what brought us to this place and be able to say, you know, we remember Paul said, listen, you know, I appreciate that you accounted me faithful in the ministry because I know where I came from. I know the things that I've done. Listen, that's my testimony. I know where I came from. I know the things that I've done. I know the streets that I ran. So for God to, 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 to help me to be adequate, to have the ability to what I'm, of, of what I'm doing now, I can't give nobody but him the praise. I can't get up here and talk about myself and what I'm doing and all of my gifts. It, it's not even about that, guys. But when you have a blind devotion, when you are idolizing your servants, not your leaders. Yes, they are in leadership. And I'm not saying that they're not leaders, but technically they are your servants. True leaders are your servants. They are they are concerned about you making it home, about you getting home and living eternally with Jesus. That's what they are concerned about. And, and if they are concerned about that, that's who they're going to point you to. That's who they're going to tell you to follow. That's who they're going to tell you is most important. Because when they start pointing to themselves, somebody that cannot save you, that cannot do nothing for you, like my pastor always say, he couldn't heal an aunt if he had a headache because it's not about him. It's not about me. If you are in leadership, it's not about you. Even if you're just saved, it's not about you. It's about pointing people to Jesus. Guys, know that I love you guys. And I appreciate you guys. Jesus loves you, loves you guys. That's why if you notice in the church world, since COVID and really before COVID, we see a lot of covers being pulled off a lot of different people. We see we see God revealing a lot of different things. Why? Because he loves us. He wants us to be doing uh, his purpose in this thing. He wants us to be focused on his will and his way. He don't want us to be giving up a blind devotion to a church or to a man or to a woman. He says, no, your devotion should be to me because when you're devoted to me, I'm going to lead and guide you in the places you should go in the things you should do. And that is what is most important. But here's the beautiful thing. And I, I promise you, I'm closing now. Even though we see covers being pulled off of different ministries and different uh, individuals and ministries, and I've talked about this in the past, you can, you can look it up. I've talked about, about chastisement. You know, some may find this as, you know, look at, oh, they look at him taking, pulling the covers off of them. They ain't no good. I knew they wasn't no good. They was just about money, all of these different things. And that may be true. But what we miss is if you go read Hebrews 12, you'll see that these individuals still have an opportunity to get right with God. If they're willing to be trained by the chastisement that God is putting them through, their ministries might not be the same. You know, they may not have the same amount of followers anymore, but if they allow that chastisement, that spanking, that correction that God is doing in their lives 
to 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 continue to work in them and not buck against it and not lie and act like these things wasn't going on and happening. Listen, like the scripture says, when you read Hebrews 12, you know, it's going to bring about those that are trained by this. It's going to bring about a peaceable fruit. So listen, guys, don't ever allow yourselves to be used and don't ever idolize your servants. Yes. Honor those that are that are considered your leaders slash servants. Honor them. Show them love but don't ever put them in the place of God. But know that I love you guys. And until the next time we hop on the podcast together, Shalom.